Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Do I even do it? That's a rude picture that you just posted on Twitter. Oh, how all dare this? you? What's all this? How dare you? What are you talking about? I don't like that. Wait a second. What are you talking about? I don't like what you posted on Twitter. I just right now posted that we were recording the show. Uh huh. Right, and so there's you there's caught two me pictures. at an inopportune moment. I would one, say one. The first one is very stern looking. You very cute, and the second one um, is actually um, awesome. Holy. No, it's that not is awesome. awesome. I was not pleased with that. That is great. <laughs> no, I yes. don't like that. Take that uh, down. That is, I would rather divorce <laughs> you and burn in hell. Take that down. That is That's great. Really, no, that is what. This is fantastic. How dare you? This is fantastic. <laughs> fantastic about Woo. nothing is fantastic. So about you guys can follow me on Twitter. I don't and like get that. Get the picture before Alice uh, complains to Twitter and gets taken down. Screenshot this baby. This is a great picture. Alice, you look quite beautiful and quite sexy. I'm sort oh like you don't love it. Please. <laughs> Stop. I don't like that. Like I don't like that. Okay. <sighs> okay, we'll play this game, Alice. That's fine. I don't like that. Um, there was never like any it. cocaine or me in a bikini <laughs> on a yacht. Uh, there was somewhere in the world, world. I oh. had no idea. No, <laughs> never, Alice. Uh, did you take finishing courses? Did you take courses at the Ritz? Or, I did take courses okay. at the Ritz. Okay, <laughs> that's true. Very good. All right, uh, here we go. Once you can follow me on Twitter if you'd like to. Burn Barrel Podcast. You can see great pictures of that's Alice. That's rude. Holy heck! <laughs> I don't. I'm like worried. That. Okay, well, I won't tell you what I'm worried about. You know my. my you cons- are. You've said this before. You can say that. I've said it on the air. I don't know if you said it on the air, but you're concerned that if I lose weight, that yes. my boobs will get smaller. That's what you're worried about. Yes, I'm very worried about this, and I believe if you look closely at our prenup, it mentions. <laughs> I don't think that that's the case. <laughs> I don't want them to go away, else. What are you? T- I mean, I've always. Why would they disappear? I had them when I was skinny too. Okay. 
but they've been in excellent form here uh, since uh, since they've been repatriated. <laughs> and I, I want to make sure that they don't go away. They're not going anywhere. Okay, I keep myself supple for you. <laughs> okay. Least you can do. You know what? Well, I'll tell you what. Yes. If when I get skinny, my boobs go away, I'll just get fat again for you. Uh, you're certainly not fat. By the way, you lost weight. Oh, this is a nice double switch <laughs> screw job I got from Alice today. I lost more weight than you this week at our weigh-in. It is the <laughs> scandal I call Winfreygate that has happened thanks to Alice Shattuck, who plied me with Okra Winfrey. You bought last week. Okra because... She told me to get it, Okra Winfrey, so I, I was eating this horrific liquid frigging vice squad evidence room <laughs> stuff called okra which was awful and we're eating it all you last week okra. she gave me the list of stuff to get so i'm eating and okra, okra and i found out today and i found out today now that okra has more carbs than angel hair spaghetti That's so i gained true. weight last week you didn't gain weight <laughs> You lost two pounds. What a suck job. This You're is, still no, ahead of me. You still you have pulled, lost. No, it, as, as they would say in Top Gun, you hit the brakes and I, I flew right by. I ate as much okra as you. I trusted no, you. you. I gave you a list. You, you know, bought okra. I assumed you know okra was on the list. You know what carbs do to me. I gave you a well, list. Well, there you go. So it worked. But now I'm going to get my revenge. Going to get my revenge. Obviously, <laughs> What's you your started, revenge? You start, you've seen I've already started with revenge porn. <laughs> but now I'm going to. Um, I'm reporting you to the police. So I have a question for you. I don't even know. I don't want to spend too much time on this because... Like, what is, I want you to analyze this for me, and you tell me the right things to feel emotionally. Received well by everyone in Congress. Senator Mitch McConnell says that this plan is a slap in the face to working class families. Let me ask you, what, what do you say to a family that says, listen, I just spent years paying off my debt. It, I didn't have the federal government helping me out, bailing me out. And now I may be doing just that for a family that at some point may be earning more than I do. Look, I'm not at all surprised that Mitch McConnell is attacking this. And the reason he's attacking it is because it is very, very popular. Popular among Democrats, independents, Republicans, popular. And you know why? Because I don't think there's anybody left in America who doesn't know somebody who isn't struggling with student loan debt. Um, this has become a part of our country now. People for whom their only sin was to want to try to get an education and not be in a family that it could afford to write a check for it. And what we're saying is, as a nation, we can do better than that. We can invest in our people. We can help our people. And ultimately, what the data show us is that because of student loan debt, there are many people who don't move out of their mama's basement, who can't save mama's up money to... Anyway, uh, so go right ahead. The only sin was wanting to get an education and not having the money, the parents who write the check right then. I mean, that's obviously ridiculous. First of all, first of all, there's lots of scholarships and stuff out there that are not loan based, especially for top tier schools. It, I mean, a lot of it is grant money, right? Not loans. So that's the sort of first of all. Second of all. I mean, the the college that most of these people are getting is a scam for them. And Liz Warren is part of that scam. Mm -hmm. She's part of the enrichment of a woke elite that 
are absolutely just bettering themselves on the backs of people who have no business going to college because it's not going to do anything for them. And I don't mean that in an elitist way. I mean that in a way, like, they should be doing things that I don't know how to do. Like, I mean, plumbers, electricians, trades, those those trades are hiring like crazy. They can't find enough people to fill these roles. You could be making $80,000 a year right now, whereas, like, what are you going to do? Go be a marketing assistant at some company for $35,000? It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous that we are signing up young people who are not going to get anything out of college except be taught to hate white people and charging them 60 grand a year to do so. It's absolutely obscene that people (laughs) who end up being Starbucks baristas are going to college and the people that are going to be fine either way, we're also forgiving their loans. The whole thing makes no sense at any level, right? But it's it's really just like a money laundering operation to these stupid woke tax-free hedge funds that we call colleges that have these huge endowments that are essentially just big investments at this point and and i mean like the kids could go there they could harvard could send every kid to harvard for free that gets in you know they they don't have to charge anybody anything and their endowment would still keep growing like it's it's absurd you know how much money these places have and like the facilities that they have and all this stuff that's where the money's flowing it's not to help the borrowers. Liz Warren doesn't care about the borrowers. Joe Biden doesn't care about the borrowers. It's not about that. It's to keep the pipeline of money going to these institutions that are indoctrinating generations of American kids into stupid philosophies and and destroying the country, essentially. You know, that's what this is for. That's why, like, you know, I mean, and I know there's like the basic unfairness of the thing, but like, if we could claw it back from the universities, then, like, I wouldn't mind if people could, like, discharge it in bankruptcy, even though, like, it's still not fair, obviously. But, like, you know, let people discharge it in bankruptcy as long as we can go back to the college and say, this person defaulted on their student loan debt. So we're going to come take that from you guys. And I mean, like, watch how quickly they would stop admitting everybody who who they do you know like watch how quickly the gender studies departments would disappear (laughs) because they know that they're not equipping people for real life they know that they're not preparing people for any kind of contribution to society and i say that as somebody like i like education for education's sake i like learning things i'm not saying that it's the job of colleges necessarily just to teach people how to be good employees good cogs in the corporate machine but like You have to give people a sense of what it is to work hard, a sense of what it is to accomplish things, and some kind of uh, skills or way of thinking that that somebody needs, right? Like, that's why lawyers make a ton of money. It's not, you know, it's not because they paid for the degree, you know, it's because they, they learned a bunch of stuff that's actually, like, useful to people, right? And... And doctors, the same thing. I mean, like, you have to have people, engineers. Engineers learn skills that are useful for society. <laughs> like, there there are a whole bunch of things that colleges can teach you that's useful information, useful skills, and, you know, is learning for learning's sake. I mean, it, every hard science, every math, every engineering, like, that would all, you know, still thrive under a system where colleges had to cover people who defaulted on their debt, right? But... 
what would go away would be the useless degrees, the the psychology degrees and the marketing degrees and the, you know, sports medicine degrees mm-hmm. and everything else that like people have no business getting. It's such a racket. It's such a racket. You think I mean and li- liberals love to point out like, "Oh, well in Europe college is free." Well, yeah, it's free for some people. They give you a test when you're about 14 years old in most mm-hmm. European countries and decide what you're going to go into if you have aptitude for math or science or physics or, you know, writing or philosophy or whatever it is. And that's the track that you're put on. And yeah, if you're one of the top kids in physics in the country, you can go to college and study physics for free all day long. And they'll give you a stipend to live on and an apartment and the whole deal. But there's a whole bunch of people who don't get to do that. And they decide that when you're like 14 years old. The American system doesn't work that way, for better or worse. You know, it, it is what it is. But the truth is that the kids who are really talented at this stuff will find a way to go to college. And not only will they find a way to go to college, but they will also be making enough money eventually to pay back that college debt. It is remarkable how progressives are happy to tell you about... Um, energy companies using their profits or doing right. stock buybacks or this uh, industry or that industry, but they never say that about academia. They never criticize academia. Yeah, academia is a huge grift. And mm-hmm. like I say, I mean, like, I have enormous respect for learning. I love libraries. I like school, okay? Like, I'm not trying to knock education in general, but there is a broad, broad spectrum of what colleges do. Right. And and a lot of colleges are way overpriced for what you get out of them. I don't think that's at all controversial to say. And I think a lot of the kids who are in college don't actually like school or like learning or even want to be there other than the for the social life and parties Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Like, I don't think they want to be there to pursue their passion of studying marketing. Like, I just don't, you know, I I don't think that that's a thing that a lot of kids are in college to do. I just think that a lot of these kids would be way better off either going straight into the workforce because you will learn way more for most jobs um, in the workforce than out of it. Um, with some notable exceptions, like I say, like engineering, math, science, there's like some things where you have to reach a certain baseline of of like learning stuff in order to do the job at all. But like lots of jobs, young people can kind of jump into and learn way more from being there. I mean, like you have kids now like studying hospitality to like go into the hotel business or studying food science to like go to like open a restaurant you know, this is stuff that you can also just do and you don't have to pay anybody tens of thousands of dollars a year to do it. Even like we read a great article on this show. Maybe this should be in the best of uh, maybe a year or so ago, even I don't remember about um, about graduate student debt and which graduate schools are like the worst investment. And one of them's like this very prestigious film, film school. I want to say in New York, maybe Columbia Film School. So uh, a, a very uh, yeah, prestigious or Juilliard. Mm, it wasn't Juilliard. I think. Anyway, there one of them. I, I'll have to find the article again. Yeah, yeah. But it was yeah. like a very prestigious it was the Atlantic, film wasn't it? school. I mean, want to say the New York Times, maybe. Okay. I don't remember, but um, it was fascinating because, like, the professors sometimes would like try and 
like sell their get their students to like talk up their scripts and stuff because a lot of times like the students if they had like just been in california and trying to get into film would like have more connections and know more than they did that's right even though it was like really prestigious and people spent tons of money to go there and it left them with tons of debt but like there's so much of this that you get good at doing just by doing not by sitting in a classroom studying it and a lot of life is like that you know uh there's no replacement for being out in the world doing stuff. And I, I think that I think that we've decided that everybody needs to go to college. So we've spread out college to like cover a bunch more things than it needs to cover at all. And like and we've considered college such a baseline for achievement. And it it doesn't it doesn't do anything for most of these people. It's, yeah. it's pure credentialism. It's pure just paying for a degree. Well, you know what it also is? Mm-hmm. There's something about it. Like just knowing some friends I've had who, both men and women, who have gone, who went to college, my age, whatever. And yeah. Had a good four years. Essentially learned nothing, a little bit of something, you know, came out and all they did is apply for jobs is whatever, sales, marketing, whatever, mm-hmm. um, that required a college degree. Right. And started, you know, answering the phones, putting together sales packets, then whatever, and then moved up and then moved across to something else. Um, but it is a, it is a general wink wink yankee litmus test Mm -hmm. it's a it's a way to say like you're at least doing the right thing i mean and you're at the very least you've done gone through a process that and probably more so 30 years ago 25 years ago would weed more undesirables out. It's at least you've been to the club with a cover charge, so you're a little better clientele. Well, sure. I mean, and that's part of the appeal of it, right? Is it's like more of a signaling mechanism than mm-hmm. anything else. But as we've sent more and more kids to college mm-hmm. that don't belong there, you dilute the signaling mechanism and you make it less powerful. So it becomes more of a scam then the further you go along. Right. So there's a problem because it's like saying that, you know, it's like deciding like, okay, well, people who get college degrees like do better in life. Okay. Hmm. Well, people who wear ties to work seem to make a lot more money. So let's go around and let's give all the kids who work at McDonald's neckties to wear to work. Mm -hmm. You know, and like. Maybe there's something there, like people who are at the margin, like if you're sort of in an almost their job where if you wear a tie and you like evoke professionalism, it'll be easier for you to move up or something. But like mostly the tie has no bearing on why the people make more money. It's just sort of a coincidence of the way people dress for work and like giving like and now say like, well, ties really make people make more money their whole life. So we're going to start charging people $50,000 for a tie. It'll be worth it. They'll make more money through their lifetime. Like, that's what this is. Yeah. You know, and it and 
the more you do that, now you've made the tie worth even less because you handed out ties to a bunch of people who work at McDonald's. So now, like, it it actually doesn't mean anything at all. Like, it really didn't mean much to start with. But now you've turned it into just, like, a total waste of space until you start to look around and you see people working at McDonald's wearing a tie and you think, wow, what an idiot. They spent 50 grand on a tie, you know? Like, right. that's, that's what this is. That's what we've done to a college education is it used to kind of maybe mean something something mm-hmm. about like you know you work hard or at least you tried in school you must be at least sort of smart or come from a good family or you have some connection you know like you're a person who's got their life together a little bit but like the more you just give them out to everybody and make sure everybody gets one the more now it doesn't mean anything at all to have a college degree and so now you've the people that are really hurt that are really scammed by this are the people who spent 50 grand on a tie and are still working at mcdonald's right Right, I think, and I think that the you're so right about that. And the, the it, it was a lot different a long time ago when my dad went to college. He was from Hardwick, Vermont, um, and although he was a well-read person, and he he had a well-read father who worked in newspapers and, and this and that. Um, who none of them had. He was the first one to go to college, and the last one, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Um, the but, last Shattuck right. with the two grades. But a guy from Hardwick, Vermont, you know, ending up at Boston University, at a university, the, like, influx of information, knowledge, et cetera, that you were getting compared to what you had. Right. You know, he, he had, they did have good teachers, strict good teachers that they still remembered, you know, into their 60s and 70s, people mm-hmm. in his class in elementary school and high school who were just, like, Fantastic. And I have no doubt that the high school system back then, when you were taking uh, French, you were learning French. And I, Your no- dad probably learned more in high school than most of these kids know by the time they graduate oh, from college. Definitely. Because, definitely. I mean, even- And actually, I can even see, just see with some of the elegant letter writing he wrote in college to mm-hmm. his girlfriend that, and she wrote back. She was from then from Stoneham, Mass. And, the, and they, they, they- Corresponded. Were- yeah, and it was elegant, perfect penmanship, perfectly done, eloquent. My goodness, it was in in. But but I think like for then that was a that was a thing. You were going from northern Vermont, from farming country, into a university setting where the world was poured into your head, and that was that was something. Uh, I I just think that the the times have. The times have changed. Oh, yeah. I mean, even like, and it's funny because colleges are harder to get into, but they're harder to get into in more and more inscrutable ways. And this is something that they've continued to do with like the wokeification of education. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Right, like eliminating standardized testing uh, you know, or de-emphasizing it at any rate at some schools, getting rid of it altogether, uh, you know, counting like all these extracurricular activities and personality scores and other stuff in, in, in race, obviously, too, clearly. But I mean, it's one factor out of many. But, uh, you know, it, it used to be that if you were smart and worked hard, you could do well on these tests. And that was a ticket into these good schools. Nowadays, you can have perfect SAT scores. But if you don't also like play piano and sail or come from an underprivileged background or speak five languages or have like a fascinating story to tell about the time you went on a trip to Nicaragua and helped the poor people there, whatever, like, if you don't have an absolutely packed life story and resume to explain why you get to be there, it's so hard hard to get in. And and at the same time, the academic standards are getting lower and lower. So even like when I went to school, I, you know, I went to Tufts and it was a, it wasn't as hard to get into as colleges are even now, but it was, you know, fairly rigorous. And I got into Tufts and and so did lots of other people and a ton of them had to take like remedial essay mm. writing and stuff once they got there. Like couldn't write a five paragraph essay once they were there, you know, needed to retake all these classes that you could like easily test out of in a second. Like that's incredible. And it, it was amazing to me because I took all like AP classes and stuff. And for the most part, except for like the math and science classes, like chemistry and math and stuff and, and things that I hadn't taken in high school, like economics and stuff. Right. Like the, a lot of the softer classes were like easier than my high school classes. Like the French classes, even like the ones that I tested into were like easier than my high school French uh. classes. And, um, you know, the Latin was probably like a, roughly at the same level. It was, it wasn't like necessarily harder or easier, but, but realistically speaking, like that's a good school. Right. You know, what are the kids doing at the, it kind of these like mid-range schools. What what are they getting into college knowing and what do they know by the time that they leave? Because I don't think it can even compare to like what what your dad probably learned just in high school. You know, it I don't certainly less than, you know, Abraham Lincoln taught himself at home right. from books. It's absolutely embarrassing the level to which we've let our education standards sink at the same time, like promising that everybody's going to get ahead. And it's not like that in other countries, you know, and a big part of the issue is that we've made a decision in this country education wise that we want to make sure that everybody reaches a certain baseline level, that that's like more important to us than like than really getting a bunch of elite smart kids what they can do and let them you know get everything they can out of their education and in a way that they don't in other countries i mean like my cousins in serbia were always astonished at how like few classes we took in high school like because we took like one year of chemistry one year of biology they're like you don't take all the sciences every year and you don't like read all the russian authors they were like what do you even do in high school (laughs) i was like and they were like but they just like let people fail too 
Hmm. You know, like they, kids just can like fail out of the grade. Like they don't care. They're not going to lower the standards to make sure like everybody can get out of high school. There's no like MCAS where it's like the school has to get a certain percentage of the kids to pass the MCAS. It's not like that there. They're just like, okay, cool. Well, you know what? You're going to be a plumber and that's cool. And like it's it, in a way it's a lot less elitist. Right. Because it lets people who are not school people, you for example, mm-hmm. were not necessarily a school person. There was never going to be any reason to make you learn like it, algebra two. Right. All it did, all those requirements did is cause friction between me and my family, my parents. And cause us to have, uh, you know, knock down, drag out fights and get in fights with my dad. It hurt our relationship for years. I mean, you and- still probably don't know how to solve a quadratic equation. Frank, and you're not- no. What <laughs> freak is that? <laughs> and you're not, like, worse off for it. You don't need to know that in your life. No. But, like, there's people that wanted to know how to solve a quadratic equation and, like, couldn't learn it until much later because they were dragging along the Tom Shaddocks of the world yeah. and trying to get them to learn yeah. it, too. Yeah, no, I was. We, we had a great caller yesterday doing my radio show on WTIC, News Talk 1080. Mm-hmm. In Hartford, and um, and he said that that he t- he teaches in um, what's a community college, and that they're teaching the kids straight arithmetic when they first get in. Yeah, he said that the kids know nothing, nothing when they get to him. Yeah. They have no knowledge base of anything. The public schools are a total disaster in a lot of these places. It's like a disaster, Alice. If you were doing what, what for, for instance, the Hartford Public Schools, 25% of the kids graduate with... Like proficient uh, in reading. Per- <laughs> correct. That's correct. It, it, and they went after Trump University? Parents are paying like 18 grand per kid to go to Hartford Public Schools in taxes. It costs 1800 right. or 18000 like, whatever. That's like what they're spending per child. Right. Yeah. It's like... Who's who's going to jail for this? <laughs> Somebody shivvy. If you're a poor kid, especially in a crap com- community, you're effed. Right, and then they have the nerve to like go and call charter schools a scam. Right. <laughs> They're like, some of them go out of business. I mean, like, you should go out of business. <laughs> like, that's, a, that's a feature, not a bug. If bad schools go out of business, that's great. I remember having this argument when they tried to raise the charter cap in Massachusetts, and a bunch of people in our town were like, but they take the taxpayer money with them when they go out of business. I'm like, no, they don't. They go out of business, and then we stop paying them. Unlike you, who we just have to pay forever and ever and ever, like whether you fail kids or not. You know, I, the way we do school in the United States is an embarrassment globally, and and it could be so much better. I'm not saying it has to be as like rigid as Europe does it, mm-hmm. right? But we do need to let go of this idea that everybody needs to go to college, everybody needs to graduate high school with these like certain things, and we need to offer more rigorous coursework to kids who want it and need it. Free guess. Hell yeah. I mean, we should have more exam schools. We should be offering more opportunities to kids who want to and can succeed. Right? Like, and and sending kids to, like, Boston, Latin, or, like, Bronx science high schools. Right? Like, the that's what we should be doing. Not all this woke crap that's, like, literally replacing this stuff. Yes. They're trying to, like, replace exams at exam schools that have given, so, for example, like, so many immigrant kids the opportunities to get ahead who are poor and replacing it with like this fuzzy woke stuff that allows it's a system that's like more um it's more possible to abuse right like look at the um 
is it called like the varsity blues scandal or something stupid like all the famous people who like paid money to get their kids into college they did that by like getting coaches to lie and say they were good at sports and stuff and like getting people to write essays for them and things like that if you just based it on test scores like you wouldn't even be able to cheat the system I mean, like, I guess you could, like, pay somebody to take the test for you, but then that gets trickier, right? Like, it, things that's a little more, like, difficult to fake than, than you know, getting somebody to write a fake letter of recommendation or something, right? Like, if, if we just, if we had harder school and real grades and we just let people get the grades that they get and we gave people tests and let them get the scores that they get and sent people to college based on that, like, it would be kinder to everybody, right? Like, why are we scamming kids who can't make enough money when they get out of college to pay college loans? Why are we scamming them by telling them it's somehow going to help them to send them to these places for tens of thousands of dollars a year? It's absurd. It's absurd. It's absurd. It's absurd. And yeah, they made the dumb decision. They signed on the dotted line. But I'm willing, honestly, to like, it, like I say, if we could bankrupt the colleges by doing it, like, if we could claw back the money for them, I'd be okay with giving those people a break because, you know, it. yes, they made the choice to take the loans and whatever else. But, like, people make bad financial decisions, mm-hmm. especially when they're young. And especially this one, you have every, like, quote, trusted adult telling you that this is the thing that you have to do. Your parents, your teachers, your guidance counselors, your doctor, like, everybody's saying you have to do this, right? This is how you make life work. And, and it's a lie, frankly. I completely agree. Question for you. Yes. How old were you when you first... Yeah. How do I put this delicately? The first time you ever... got your driver's license, how old were you? 18. 18? Mm-hmm. So that's late. That's a little... I was busy. I get it. I mm-hmm. understand. So you were 18 years old. Yep. Dateline, West Haven, Connecticut. Fewer teens going for the driver's license. This has been a nationwide trend, and it's resulting in much quieter driving schools. Driving schools across Connecticut are reporting a decline in attendance of teens seeking licenses. Nationally, the number of licensed 18-year-olds has declined about 20% from 1983 to 2018. 20% from 1983 to 2018. Only 5% of all licensed drivers in 2020 were between the ages of 15 to 20, which is almost 5% less than the previous year. Now, they claim the pandemic had to do with it. The the things on the road have to, the, the, the traffic accidents have mm-hmm. to do with it. There's Uber, et cetera. There's all sorts of other things. But why didn't you get your license when you were 16 and a half? You said you were busy, but can't I was busy, so well, I didn't. Well, you were busy getting driven around. Who drove you around? Boyfriend? Family? Um, not necessarily. I mean, like, well, first of all, I could walk a lot of the places I needed to go. Like, I could walk to high school, and we had a bus, too. So, I didn't really... That's, like, what I mostly did. And then I also went to swim team practice, which, like, I could get a ride with other people going to swim team practice, Mm -hmm. usually. Um, But, yeah, then I got my license my senior year, so... I wonder, maybe so, I was maybe I was seventeen. Now I'm trying to think. I don't know. Well, that's fine. But you got your license. You know, as an adult, you essentially got your license pretty much right away. So yeah, I mean, I, I think I got it my senior year of high school. I also failed the test the first time I took it too. Yeah, so that you could see that. <laughs> Did not disclose that to me before. I can tell you that. Um. So, so, 
I think this is a bad trend. I think it's a bad trend, and and I and I'm going to exclude women from this. I think it's a bad thing that men don't want to. Young men aren't kicking and screaming, scratching, clawing to get their license. And I think it's a bad sign that 16 and a half year olds don't want the freedom to be able to hop in a car in bolt. I think it's also more expensive to own a car than well, it was. That, fine, own a car, use your parents' car, whatever. Some modicum of freedom. And at all. Like, I got my license exactly 16 and a half. It's better for the same day I first shaved, oddly enough. Um, exactly. Because there was no way I was not going to. That was that was everything. Before that, me and my friend, John, who's been on mm-hmm. this podcast, we just used to walk around the world, you know. And then we have the freedom to drive now, to drive to weird places and do stuff and, and meet. The, I, it was such an important, it was the thing. And it was, I mean, obviously this is before there was no Google Earth. There was no nothing. The video games weren't as good. You know, now with VR, I could pretty much go travel to um, to Belize, uh, you know, and, you, you know, have a virtual meal and have virtual sex with somebody and come back in my head. But I just don't get, I don't get how, especially young men, don't want licenses. They don't want to get the freak out of Dodge as soon as possible. I don't get that. I think that's unhealthy to not have wanderlust, especially for young men, to not have this feeling that you want to be untethered from the family as much as possible, as quick as possible. And also, to be in a big driving machine that can go really fast if you wanted to, or go, whatever. I just, I, I think this is a, t- a terrible sign. I, I would I would love, to, I would hate to, if, if our kids were apathetic. Eh, I could take it or leave it. Just gonna play Minecraft. That would suck. We need this, I mean, sorry, there's a certain... I know the times have changed, and now sixteen candles you can't is way too rapey for anything. But young men should want to drive in cars and hook up with girls. They should. They should. The parents. That should be something that's on the radar, so that you're saying, "Hey, uh, get home at this time. Hey, you're going to do the thing." Young men should be want to do the things that young men should want to do. And if they're now doing something else or getting fulfilled, you know, on. On on look Minecraft or Farscape, whatever it's called, far what's the one for far Roblox? Well, well, whatever. But I think that's a little younger. But oh, I know what you're talking about. I, I um, just I forget Fortnite. Fortnite. But, but yeah. I, I just that's not good. Men should be out being young men somewhere, somehow mm-hmm. carouse, do something stupid and 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 frivolous, be a dumbass, you know, be something the cop slaps you for, not ridiculously, but I mean. But doesn't it kind of go to the college thing, too? Is that, like, when you're in college, you're continuing to, like, live in a little bit of a terrarium. Totally. Versus, like, being out and doing stuff in the world. And for a lot of kids, it would be much, much more valuable for them to go out and get a job, literally any job, and learn to do something or several somethings and find out what you like. You know, for a lot of people doing... um, you know, a physical job or a working class job can be, you know, super fulfilling and you can learn all kinds of skills that are really marketable. And for other people, doing um, a hard labor job can teach you that you don't want to do a hard labor job and you right. better figure out how to do something else. I mean, like, whatever it is, like, you learn more about yourself from doing all kinds of work 
Like I, I have always, I haven't loved every job I've had, but I've loved things about most of them, at least some things mm-hmm. about most of them and, and learned all kinds of things at most of them. And, you know, have some curiosity about the world and how things work. And, you know, want yes. want to have jobs. And I think that it's like wanting a license, too. Like, well, why would I do that when I can just play Grand Theft Auto? Like, okay, well, why would I go get a job when I can just be in college and, you know, write papers and hang out in my dorm room, like, and go to the dining hall where people take care of me? And, you know, it... You know, I think that yeah. I think that it it all fits into this sort of this infantilizing we're doing of of young people that that's really toxic and damaging. Completely and totally agree. Let's do the New York Times stuff tomorrow because we're gonna get to the chat chat. Okay. Okay. But the New York Times story is fantastic. Fantastic. Which New York Times story? The Guild. Oh yes. The Guild eating the company mm-hmm. alive. I also still want to talk about um, quiet quitting because that's been everywhere. Yes. Uh, so maybe tomorrow we'll do that tomorrow, as well. Oh, which is our last full real time before vacation. There's another one that's going to be original content that I'll release Sunday, and then we'll voice some stuff, or I'll voice some stuff. I'll do some mixed in with uh, some best of, maybe one or two shows, really. But I mean, you know. Uh, time for the chat chat. Here we go. Let her speak. Let her speak. Let her speak. <laughs> let Rosalind speak. Oh, oh Rosalind speak. <laughs> I dare say let Alice uh, speak. Uh, uh, Alice spoke most of today, as a matter of fact. Yeah, this I was, spoke a lot today. You did. You took over. You know what? You were empowered by your uh, weight loss and your uh, undulating breasts. Uh, which you bared very I didn't I was adjusting my shirt before the show and you oh please well if that's the case then why don't I have my shirt like that now because I don't want to have my shirt like that because you're playing little kitten games Alice that's why no yes you are that's in your head no No. it is not it is not I didn't know you were taking a picture of me then okay ready okay Walker, and I'm uh, the president of the Aristotic fan club. I was just wondering how um, someone that looks like um, Tom Cord is such a fair maiden. Well, that's it's a good question. You. you look good today, I got to tell you, man. You. you look good today. Even the shots with you wearing a top are, are good. Uh, you know what? I don't know. You guys, I don't know the secret sauce. A lot of you guys have are, are batting out of your league. I don't know how that works. Most of the men I know are, are batting out of their league. I don't know how it works. But it's, believe me, I spent most of... I really... Uh, I had an abysmal record for many seasons. I was the Patriots of the 70s and 80s before... Uh, the, I became the Patriots of 2002 for that My brief. mom um, used to say that all men marry up. Correct, correct. I think your best ofs should be all the cuts of Salty Alice mm-hmm. and when Tom was yelling out loud at your children. And I'm wondering, when is the Millennial Express coming back? Ooh. Mm, that's a good question. I've discussed that a little bit. It kind of depends. That is a that is a good question. They have the pro- Millennial Express has yeah. gotten some adult jobs and well, yes. Yeah, so they have professional conflicts right now that wouldn't uh, necessarily wouldn't allow uh, lend themselves to yeah um, 
like yeah. the lighthearted uh, yeah. murder podcast. Not that we can't grab Jane and get her back on here. Right? True. And, and Caroline, as guests, they were great guests, too. True. They're great. We, we got to check in with Caroline. Thank goodness. Um, uh, so that's right. So today, tomorrow, we'll do another show. And then, and I'm going to do some stuff on social media the whole time where I'm both I'm en route and when I'm in, uh, uh, during the trip as well. Oh, good. We got to. I can't wait to find out if you're oh, forced to buy a second uh, plane seat or not. Yeah. Oh, well, I have to get a second. If I get a second seat, that's. A that's, deal breaker. Oh, that's low. That's low. Hopefully they, not. They'll be, ne- they'll be next Hopefully to each other, right? Hopefully not. <laughs> I can't believe I laughed at that. That was a really lame joke. Thank you, everybody. Um, keep getting in your requests for best odds. There's some good ideas out there. Uh, you can reach us at the chat chat. That's at burnbarrelpodcast.com. Never gets old, right? <laughs> well, our kid, well, our kid didn't get never gets old. Um, you can also email us burnbarrelpodcast at gmail.com. You can talk to us on social media. That's at burnbarrelpod on Twitter or facebook.com slash burnbarrelpodcast. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.